Hey there, it's Carolyn. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to tell you about a brand new challenge that we have starting over in the Homestead Kitchen membership really soon. This one is all about making your very own herbal oils and culinary oils and cosmetic oils and turning them into salves and balms for your herbal medicine cabinet. If you're interested in joining me for the Herbal Oils and Salves Challenge, then go to homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Again, that's homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash herbal oils. Hey, you guys, welcome to this week's Pantry Chat Food for Thought. This week, I am joined by Doc Patrick Jones from Homegrown Herbalist. He's a practicing herbalist, and I'm really excited to get to have him here today. So we're going to be talking about how to effectively use herbs as medicine in your home. But first, a little bit of chit chat. Welcome to the far north of Idaho. (laughs) I love the far north of Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) You're down in southern Idaho, and you uh, took a nice long drive yesterday to get up here. Yep, about 11 hours, I think. Yeah? Yeah, we, uh, yeah, it's beautiful up here. You know, we're down in a a cold desert Uh is where we live, which is also beautiful, but uh, it's not beautiful like this. Yeah, this definitely has a lush quality yeah, to it, doesn't it? <laughs> really, really amazing. Yeah, good. So tell us a little bit about what you do. I know people can go see you on um, Homegrown Herbalist YouTube channel, also homegrownherbalist.net. Um, but what I really, really want you to talk about for a second is your herbal school. Because I'm actually a student in Dr. Jones' herbal school, and um, it is phenomenal. It's really good. So talk about what you do. Like, is this an in-person school, or is it an online school? Yeah, it's all those things. So <laughs> it's it's uh, so it's called the Homegrown Herbalist School of Botanical Medicine. And uh, you can do the whole program online. I mean, I have students... I have students on every continent except Antarctica, and we're doing some outreach. I don't know what the problem is down there. A lot of their seaweeds are medicinal, they're just not interested. <laughs> they're not interested. But anyway, uh, <laughs> penguins are snooty that way. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so you don't have to be here to do yeah. it. You know, you can do it all online. But we do also offer, you know, live events, live workshops, live plant walks, and things like that for folks that can get here uh, to the inner anywhere really in the Intermountain West. I mm. travel all over the you know, all over the Western states doing it. Um, and we record those events too, so that people can watch them, you know, even if they're not on the plant walk, they can still go on the plant walk, you know. Um, but it's a, it's a very, um, you know, I was a veterinarian for 30 years. Yes. And I've been a naturopath for a lot of years. I went to naturopath school. And so it's much more in the trenches, real world, you know, roll up your sleeves and let's get something done kind of medicine, uh, and we cover a lot more things that are more serious than most herbalists cover, you know. And that's one thing, you guys may have heard me say this before, but one thing that I really appreciate about Doc Jones and his teaching is that not only is that he the naturopath, but he actually had the opportunity to use all the herbs on the animals that he would treat. So if you have an emergency victim walk into your naturopath practice and they're gushing blood and they're, you know, imminently in a medical emergency, 
you probably can't touch them. Is that correct in the United States? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. If if you know, it's sort of a it's sort of a dance that you have to do to to practice without breaking the law. And the law says you can't diagnose or prescribe. Yeah. That's the legality of of practice. There's no such thing as a licensed herbalist in the United States. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Um, but as long as you behave. Uh, and don't diagnose and don't prescribe and don't tell people to quit taking their medicine. That's right. the quickest way to get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> then you'll be fine. Right. You know? But I've done a lot of, and so it's more uh, an educational experience for the right. client. <laughs> it means a client, not a patient. Right, you know? exactly. Um, so, but I want to go back to the thought is that because, you know, oftentimes herbalists can't treat some of these really emergency situations without liability issues. But... Doc Jones was also a veterinarian, right. and a veterinarian is 911 for the animal world, right. right? So yep. you are the emergency go-to, yep. and he was able to use his herbal knowledge and the herbs in those emergency situations day after day after day on thousands of patients yeah. and see them work, see them work over and over again. So I love the, the this is like practical experience. Yeah. This is really where rubber meets the road. When you need your herbs to work, we know they're going to work, right? Yeah. And we know how they'll work and what it'll do. And yeah, exactly. And, and I've done a lot of, you know, because of the years and years of fixing animals. Right. You know, you develop, I've developed this entirely inappropriate confidence level with humans. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll slap some herbs on it. What could happen? You know, yeah. and it works on them too. And, yeah. You know, we've done some pretty uh, serious wound cases on humans too and things like that. Uh-huh. That, you know, the doctor, I've had... You know, clients that were in a wound care clinic every day for 18 months getting nowhere. And in three months, the herbs clean them up. Wow. You know, That's and amazing. so not because I'm smarter than the doctor, but because the plant works better than what he's doing just because that's the way it works. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so some things plants are really phenomenal at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a very, you know, the school has a very strong emphasis on that. The other thing that we emphasize a lot is uh, using local stuff, getting to know your local stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's why I go all over the all over the place doing plant walks, hmm. so you can know what's in your backyard. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So. And that's really potent because that's that's what you have right there. Yeah. Like that's at your fingertip. You don't have to drive to town even to go. Exactly. You know, get those things. Yeah. And um, it's amazing what we have actually just growing right around us in a lot of places. Very very strong medicine very amazing herbal medicine right there in your yards in most cases. Yeah. And we kind of just see them as weeds and usually pull them out and get rid of them. Yeah, even so. even the pretty ornamental stuff people are buying is, you know, yeah. I was at a, I got invited to do a lecture at a university uh, a couple of months ago. And, you know, from my car to the front door of the building, I don't know, maybe 50 feet, I identified 13 plants and 11 of them were medicinal. Oh, wow. And they're all <laughs> ornamentals. You know, they're right. all pretty yeah. stuff they planted to be pretty. Uh-huh. You know. But just having that information in your brain yeah. can really change your life. Yeah. You know? so. oh, that's really good. Okay, so let's dive into the main topic today, which is how to use herbs uh, effectively and efficiently in your home. But pro I think where we really need to start with this is herbalism is a huge topic. And it can be <laughs> really, really daunting for somebody to break into. I know when I first started... I had this belief that I had to like memorize long lists of things yeah. that that's I maybe just because all the herb books has long lists of things. I felt like, oh, I better here come the index cards. I'm going to be memorizing these things. Mm -hmm. And um, 
that even if you do memorize it, it kind of gives you a long list of things that you don't know what to do with is really yeah. what ends up happening. Yeah. So what would you say the most practical way to um, learn herbalism is? Well, there's a saying that memory is usage. Mm. You know, yeah. things that we actually do, mm -hmm. we don't have any trouble remembering, you know. Um, and so I would say that's probably the most valuable thing you can do as an herbalist to become a better herbalist and to have more utility and blessings from using herbs is to just be using them all the time. Uh, and, you know, you can start that on a very small scale. You know, you can, you can be using three or four herbs that you really like. Or you can live on a, you know, top floor Manhattan apartment and have three <laughs> plots on the roof with three different mints in them. And you can be doing a lot of fun things with mints, you yeah. know? And so it doesn't have to be this huge expansive thing. And the other thing that I think is really important is, you know, you mentioned the list thing, yeah, which is a lot of herbal education's format is, you know, this is the plant and it does these 47 things. Right. <laughs> and, you're, and you're just, okay. And, you know, you try to remember that. What we emphasize a lot in my teaching and in the school is we, we talk about what's the body doing, what's the plant actually doing, mm. and then you don't have to remember a list. Yeah. You know, I, just as an example, I had a, I have nine daughters. Okay. okay? <laughs> And, and they all came home for something. And um, they're, they're all, as, as adults, they all become amazing cooks. But they don't start that way, you know. Yeah, a, right. <laughs> a learning curve there. <laughs> and I found the worse they are as kids, the better they are as adults because they're really creative. That's good. <laughs> but anyway. Well, that gives me hope. <laughs> hang in there. It'll be great in 10 years. Get there. <laughs> anyway, all my amazing adult great cook daughters were home and they had the youngest one doing the cooking. Oh. <laughs> and, and she made this kind of chicken stuff and it was awful. You know, I mean, it was so dry that you could hardly, it was like trying to swallow a straw bale. And my oldest daughter actually got a piece of chicken stuck in her esophagus. Oh dear. Right. And she was drink some water and it would just come right back out. And, and, you know, she's doing this for 30 or four minutes and everybody's kind of getting a little panicky and very upset about this. And I walk into the house and everybody's kind of in this, oh, you know, and I says, what's going on? And she says, Chick Jenny's got a big chunk of chicken stuck in her esophagus and we can't get out. I says, oh, she needs some cramp bark. Oh. I walk over to the cupboard. I got some cramp bark tincture and I squirted it in her and she said immediately, she felt this up and down it went. Oh, well, nice. I never have seen an, on a list that cramp bark's good for getting chicken out of your esophagus. Right. Right. <laughs> but I know that the esophagus is a muscle. Right. It only knows how to do one thing. It squeezes stuff. Mm -hmm. And if it won't move, it squeezes it harder. Yeah. It's not, you know, he's not a rocket science. Right. You know? <laughs> and so I gave her cramp bark, which relaxes muscles. That's all. Yeah. And, and because you understand that principle, you can apply it in all kinds of places. And you don't have to remember a list of, you know, yeah. it's a different mindset. Right. And that's sort of how I think people need to do it. They need to learn what is the plant really doing? Yeah. You know, and then, and that really empowers you as a healer. Yeah. Because you can start seeing all kinds of applications that aren't in any of the books. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I know for me, one of the best ways that I found to learn more about an herb is just to start growing it. And you kind of get to know, you know, I don't want to sound too like metaphysical or anything, but like you get to know the personality of the plant. You yeah. really get to know they're all very different and you can learn about it just by watching them grow and understanding the conditions that they like to grow in. But then because you've touched that plant, you've seen that plant, you know what it smells like, you maybe know what it tastes like if you've tried tasting it, you um, 
have something for all that information to anchor to in your brain, right? It's like, oh yeah, I know that plant. Yep. And look, it's major action on my body is this and maybe this. Mm -hmm. And it, it just starts to help you assimilate all the information and to kind of yeah. bring it into your brain. I've found yeah. that that's a really effective way for me. Yeah, I think that's probably the most important thing you can yeah. do. And that's what I tell people is, is plant something and get really acquainted that with that sweet little rascal yeah and find out all the things you can do and get a book and read about it and learn about it and you know that's great but use it yeah and and that really you know i and and when we use herbs you know we talk a little bit about what are the differences between modern medicine and herbal medicine and modern medicine's approach is you know take this pill twice a day and go away you know right. <laughs> yeah Right. <laughs> but in herbal medicine, it's a much more organic, natural thing. And, right. you know, Hippocrates a bazillion years ago said, let your food be your medicine and your medicine be your food. Mm -hmm. And if we approach herbs in that way, that this is another thing that our body needs. Mm -hmm. Just like it needs a potato and a carrot and a right. hamburger. Maybe not a hamburger, but <laughs> some protein. I, I like meat. <laughs> we do too. Just make sure it's a good hamburger. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You know, just because, just like your body needs food, it also needs these herbs. Yeah. And there are, even just from a nutritional standpoint, the herbs have extraordinarily higher levels of all kinds of micro minerals and micronutrients that haven't existed in our farmland for a hundred years. Yeah. Because we keep growing the same thing over and over and over and over, mm -hmm. and, the, and we only put three chemicals on it. Yeah. You know. Right. And so that a lot of the really precious micronutrients aren't even in the food anymore. Right. But they're still in the weeds, mm -hmm. you know? And so just as a nutrition source, it's really an amazing blessing. But uh, I used to walk into my herb room and in the vet clinic, I sold my vet clinic about a year ago, but I had this wall that had all my dry herbs on it. You know, there's a hundred uh -huh. different herbs. And I would walk in there and decide every day, okay, who, who wants to come along today? <laughs> you know? Right. And I'd grab this and throw a spoonful of that, and spoonful of that, and spoonful of that, and, and take them. And, and, I found that what I wanted and needed was very seasonal and very different. And if you just listen to your body, yeah, you know, you can learn a lot about what you need. Right. You know, craving is a is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, the the scientists call it pharmacognosy. Yeah. Which means knowing your medicine. Um, animals do it too. Yeah. In fact, a lot of what we know about herbal medicine has come from, you know, millennia of people observing animals. And the Indian's watching the horse, and why is he eating that today? Mm. Oh, it's because he's got a bellyache. Maybe I should eat that when I have a bellyache, you know? Ah. And we learn things by what we crave. And, and if there's an herb that you have a really strong affinity for, mm -hmm. that just for some reason you really love that plant, and it tastes really amazing to you, and it just, you really, you know, man, you probably ought to be taking that plant. <laughs> Listen to that, right? Yeah. Listen to your body. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people kind of treat intuition as this very like magical thing. And the reality is, is we've got a lot of parts of our brain working in our subconscious that's bringing all these experiences and all these little bits of knowledge and all these things together. And they're informing us. And it's a really good thing to learn to well, listen to. Well, and all these sensory perceptions. Yeah. You know, and, and, and beyond that, if, you know, if we're going to get a little spiritual, metaphysical, physical, I think that there's also, if you're willing to learn, mm -hmm. that God's willing to teach you things. Yeah. I think a lot of the things that, you know, I've had experiences, and I think it, most people have had experiences where 
you just all of a sudden understand something about a plant and you start using it and then you sure enough you find it in an old dusty herb book somewhere that that's true yeah you know but you yeah. knew what it, what you needed it for yeah if you're living your life in a way that you're willing to listen and learn things you know I've had the opposite experience where I've randomly gotten a book or received a book from somebody and it's all about one herb or one one in particular experience I can remember was a book on charcoal and using activated charcoal and I read that book and I found it interesting and I was like, oh, I should have some activated charcoal on hand and I got it on hand. Literally the next week, I ended up in an emergency situation where I needed that charcoal. Right. And I had it on hand and I just read and I just really felt like that was God yeah. saying, he's, he's see, I got you way. ready. You're all ready. I, I took care of you. I got yeah. you prepared. So. No, and I, I really yeah. think that's true. So I want to go back to, though, because you were talking about a lot of people, you know, um, getting used to this pharmaceutical approach of just taking a couple pills. And that is, if you do that in herbalism, you're not going to see a lot of effectiveness. You, you know, yeah. a lot of people are just like, well, I tried herbs and I, you know, I drank a cup of chamomile tea from a store-bought tea bag that was really weak <laughs> and it didn't really help me sleep or it didn't help me do this or didn't. Yeah. And so they don't really work. And there really has to be a very different approach when you're using herbs versus when you're using, uh, you know, over-the-counter, any pharmaceuticals, really. Yeah. I, 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 my sort of mantra with, with using herbs is to use herbs early, often, and after. Mm, okay. You know, and so you take an herb at the very first evidence of you're having an issue, mm -hmm. and you take it frequently. If you're actively fighting something, don't take it twice a day. Take it three or four times a day, you know. If it's a maintenance thing... Yeah. You know, and you're and you're using it for, you know, a maintenance sort of, uh, you know, if you have high blood pressure and you're using herbs for that, you know, mm -hmm. that's going to be a two or three time a day thing. Okay, yeah. great. But if you're fighting a cold, right? You know, I'm going to take it four or five, six times a day. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and then so early and then often and then after, I'm going to keep taking herbs for a day or two after I feel better. Yeah. That's you know, important. to keep supporting, I mean, you know, it's like, okay, you seem like you're walking pretty good. Give me that cane, right, you know, yeah. <laughs> and down he goes, you yeah, know. Yeah, right, exactly. So, so give your body the chance to really get back where it belongs. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important too. <clears throat> so let's talk about the safety of herbs. I know we kind of actually just filmed a video where we talked about that a little bit more, but let's say you've done exactly what we suggest and you've gotten three different herbs and you have them growing and you want to start using them, but you're a little nervous. How do you understand the safety of it or any safety precautions for it? Like what would you do? Do you have a book that you go to? Um, there are some books, uh, but honestly, most of the, most of the herbs that we use, you know, most of the herbs that you could buy it, you know, herbs are us or whatever. Mm -hmm. Most of those have really wide margins of safety. Yeah. Almost without exception. Yeah. Um, and the only exceptions I ever tell people to get worried about and be careful with is pregnancy and nursing, because those are some places where herbs can be an issue. And if you're on other pharmaceuticals, you make sh you need to make sure yeah. you're okay that way. Um, but I, I'm in fact just my wife's a midwife, and she's a naturopath too, okay, and an herbalist, and she just retired from her midwifery practice. And um, she just finished a, a new research project for the school about what herbs to safe, are safe to take during pregnancy and which ones aren't. Okay. And it was a little bit shocking. We were both involved with it. Um, and it was a little shocking. Some of the herbs that 
the science was saying weren't safe. Right. The reasons they were saying they weren't safe were absurd. Yeah. And not, you know, like you look at this, the one study they did that they based that on, and they were literally, you know, feeding the equivalent of six or eight pounds of an extract of an herb to the mice, you know, per capita, not six pounds to that mouse. Yeah, right. Based but on body weight, weight, it would be six or eight pounds for us. Yeah. Don't, and, don't do that. Don't yeah, consume six or eight pounds uh, of any one herb. It's yeah, a bad idea. I, I, at least not more than once a day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's just I, silly. If you consume <clears throat> six or eight pounds of spinach any day, I guarantee you're going to come down with some sort of a problem. If you drink six gallons of water, you'd be in right. the hospital. Right, yeah, absolutely. You know? so, so it's kind of a farce to do a study of yeah. that sort. And so we have, at Homegrown Herbalist, we have a couple of advantages that are fun. First of all, I'm a veterinarian, so I understand pharmacology right. and what herbs are okay with drugs and what aren't. We have a midwife, so she knows what to take if you're pregnant or nursing and what not to. And we have, I have a son-in-law who's got a PhD in physiology, okay. who's like the ultimate science nerd, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and he is getting into all these studies and saying, you know, well, this study's not even, I don't know how this even got past the peers. Right. You know, this is stupid. Yeah. You know? But this is a great study, yeah. you know, and so there's all kinds of research at a scientific depth that's kind of different than a lot of herb education programs. And we think about things differently because we have all these dumb letters at the end of our name that we had to learn <laughs> other stuff. And so it's a different perspective. Yeah. You know? But, um, yeah, I think how to learn it and what to learn, just make sure you look it up if you're pregnant or nursing. If you're on pharmaceuticals, talk to somebody that knows what's going on. Yeah. You know, that's all. That, yeah. Uh, that's a probably a pretty good summation of herbal safety right there. It. Otherwise, yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Herbs are incredibly safe. Yeah. And if we actually in the United States kept really good numbers, which, you know, we don't want to keep numbers that we don't want to see the answers to in the United States. So a lot of times they don't actually record um, the in you know, any negative effects that herbs have had on people, they don't quite lump them into a way that are very readable and they don't keep those numbers very up to date. But that we can tell it is an extremely, extremely, extremely low number of people that are harmed by herbs every year. Yeah. I, I think it was like less than one. Yeah. And if you look I at the, if at. you look at the history, mm -hmm. I mean, for 5,000 years, yeah. you know, that we know of, mm -hmm. uh, people have been using a lot of herbs yeah and and we've pretty much weeded out the ones that'll kill you yeah, exactly <laughs> you know, we figured that out <laughs> i mean the regular if you were to have a negative effect from an herb you probably are going to either end up with a tummy ache or your head might hurt Oh, that's really, your body is going to tell you because it is a natural substance. It knows what it's doing. Your body's going to start going, whoa, maybe you should back off a little bit. Yeah. Um, because you have all of these things that understand the herb. Your body just totally meshes with it and understands and, it. And when they do have studies that show harmful effects of herbs, they're almost always from very prolonged use or very high doses. Right. And that's not how you use herbs for no. the most part. I mean, there's some things that you can take every day all your life and who cares and it's great for you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but most of the things that we're using medicinally, you're just not going to do that. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. it's just not that big of a risk or issue. Yeah. Good. So you guys, if you want to make learning herbs more effective, start planting some. Get to know them one by one. Stop trying to memorize the list and just get to dive into a couple of plants. Hey, you could even 
choose your own plant a year or herb a year to really get to know and really dive into and get to know one single herb because knowing just a few herbs in depth is going to get you a lot further than knowing a whole bunch of herbs, but not really knowing and how to use them, right? Yeah, and a whole bunch of lists. And you can't remember any of them when you exactly. have an emergency. <laughs> and then tell us again how you take, you say... Early, often, and after. Early, often, and after. When you're taking herbs, make sure you take enough. And that is one of the biggest things that I see people do that are not getting effective results with herbs is they're just not taking enough. They're just not using it enough. They're not taking enough. They're not treating it. Even if it's topical, they're not treating it enough. You need to keep getting that herb in you or on you. Yep. And relax about the safety stuff. They're really not that dangerous. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining yeah. us today. Hey, if you guys want to get a hold of Doc Jones, check out homegrownherbalist.net. And if you're at all interested in herbal studies and learning more, I really highly recommend his school. So you want to check that out. There's information for that on homegrownherbalist.net. Yep. And, and you have lifetime access. Once you get it, so you have lifetime access, forever. which is good for people like me who are very slow in getting through it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It's been great having you. you bet. It's great to be here. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pantry Chat, Food for Thought. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. To view the show notes and any other resources mentioned on this episode, you can learn more at homesteadingfamily.com slash podcast. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.